Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this. Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, where we help you to leverage a video podcast to build your personal brand, your business, and get paid doing what you love. Whether you want to listen to experts in their field and how they built their businesses and scaled them with social media, or hour-long solo podcasts where I just drop as much knowledge as I possibly can. If you want to learn how to leverage a video podcast to grow your business and get paid doing what you love, this is the podcast for you. I kind of like to reverse engineer it. So if it's like a business-type podcast, the more you learn about your audience, the more you might discover it's actually a little bit different than what you thought. So making too bold of a assumption in the beginning too could only hurt um, as well and be something that stunts your growth as a podcaster because you were like, no, everyone's listening because of this reason rather than yeah. giving a little bit of room there for other things to kind of pop up. Welcome back to Branding with Video. Today's guest is going to help us dig into podcasts a little bit more. Whether you're doing a video podcast, YouTube-based podcast, which is something I'm a big fan of, or just an audio-only podcast, there are a lot of things that you can do to grow your podcast, a lot of things you can do to monetize your podcast. Today's guest, Dylan Schmidt, has helped a lot of podcasters start from the beginning. So I asked him to tell us how he got into podcasting. During high school, I was like, I want to work in music. I want to work in audio. I just love the format. So right after high school, I went to school for audio engineering, audio production, and really heavily leaned into that. Um, and then a couple of years later, I started uh, apprenticing at a recording studio, started working at a recording studio, and then found that the music industry wasn't quite what I wanted to do. And then I got into online marketing and I had a mentor of mine kind of take me under the ropes. Actually, then he ended up hiring me to take over a lot of his digital marketing. And from there, I learned a bunch. And um, and then from there, it's just been really learning. And then around 2016, um, I had a client that really needed, a, they needed a podcast. And they were like, do you think you'd be able to do that? And I'm like, I have, I'm overqualified for the job. And it was at that time where I realized, oh, all of my history of audio production, audio engineering, and then um, marketing, and storytelling and entrepreneurship and all these um, things that I've been learning along the way blended together. So I'd been doing that behind the scenes. And then about a year and a month ago, I actually had a, a light bulb moment of like, why am I not making my own content? I'm making so much content for clients, getting them millions of downloads and having them uh, be really successful, which is great for them and still great. Of course, I'm not like, what about me? But I was like, I could be making my own content as well. So then I started making content under Digital Podcaster, and it really has taught me a lot because um, I went from taking and doing everybody else's content, which I still do, uh, but also doing my own content, and it gives me a different perspective and helps me see things from a different angle, which I just didn't see before. So as I've been growing my podcast, I've noticed several barriers that are similar to YouTube. It's different, but it's similar. There are SEO, there's different topics and ways to know what kind of content to make, but I didn't know exactly what you know strategies or tactics I should use to get my podcast to really grow, to really be seen. So I asked Dylan what his tips and tricks would be for me in growing an education-based business podcast. First, I just like to look at podcasts as a tool, like a vehicle of delivering the message. Um, and it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's your show, but you, you get to control over what that show is and it doesn't have to look exactly the same every time, which I love. You know, when you look at short form content on social media, typically, you know, it's, it's great if you could just stay consistent, you know? Um, and, yeah. and yeah. you got to make it really, the, the cuts got to be really short and everything's got to be really punchy. 
with podcasts, there's a little bit more room to breathe. When I asked specifically, I wanted to know from Dylan, how do I get my podcast found? How do I use SEO and what other tips or tactics can I use to get more viewers on my podcast? First is episode titles. Episode titles are extremely important. Okay. Uh, that's really your first line of defense, right? Or offense, I guess. Um, <laughs> you have your episode art, which is so tiny. If you're on like a mobile phone, which pretty much yeah. everyone is these days, the episode art is tiny. And a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on that, but really it's the text, right? It's the text of what's in this episode. So the episode title has to be a blend of, you know, and, and I'm not an SEO expert, but I know like humans, <laughs> um, yeah. or, or as much as I can know. Um, but it's gotta be something that creates curiosity, something that wants someone to go through, right? If, if, if I was talking mm -hmm. about, uh, podcast growth, I wouldn't just call an episode podcast growth. I would, uh, you know, yeah. something more searchable, right? So how to grow a podcast for beginners or something like that. Um, so you want it to be okay. a good, uh, give someone a good reason to click through and listen to the episode. And then also, this sounds um, maybe obvious or maybe not, but when you're, someone's listening to the episode, you want to remind them or create a hook for the next one, just so they have a reason okay. to come back. Because you could have the biggest guest on your podcast for your niche or your category. And people yeah. would just listen to that one episode and then not think to tune back in. But if you're able to create okay. a reason for people to hit that follow button or hit that subscribe button, similar to YouTube, then you're going to find more of those casual listeners turn to actual subscribers uh, because the goal isn't just to get, you know, one listen for one episode. It's to get them to keep listening. So get it like focusing on turning listeners into you know, subscribers uh, is, is yeah. a huge metric. But then when it comes to social media, um, you know, making it readily available, whether it's, you know, uh, a link in your profile or just uh, using snippets. Like one of my favorite things to do is just to use clips of a video podcast. Like you make it so simple uh, and you, <laughs> you, 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 like I have another company content clips. You make it, you're like a dream with, with content clips, like how, how much content you're producing in your podcast could feed yeah. your social media and you would rarely, if, if you didn't even want to, if you just wanted to take a break from filming social media videos, you could just repurpose those clips. Uh, and that can also yeah. act as promotion for your podcast because people will naturally be like, where can I watch the full thing? Um, and then you just okay. drive into the podcast. Okay. Uh, and then on YouTube, I, I don't know about YouTube as much as you, but I did hear an interesting strategy the other day that relates to a podcast and a blend of YouTube. So say you had an hour long podcast Say you broke it up into three sections, uh, three clips. You post those clips just one at a time on YouTube, giving them their own focus, and then pinning the top comment saying, click here to listen to the full thing. Um, that was an interesting strategy that I heard uh, being really successful for a uh, person I was speaking with recently. Um, so yeah. there, those are a couple different ways. There's a lot within that, though, because if we just talked about making clips from your podcast to grow your podcast... Yeah. That's a whole strategy, you know, um, it's yeah. same with, uh, yeah, same with episode titles or same with YouTube. So I know there's a lot there, but the next thing I really wanted to dig into is how long should I make my podcast as a podcast listener? I'll listen to podcasts anywhere from 15 minutes to three hours. It really depends on the value and the topic of the show. And I, I wasn't really sure what I should be doing. What should I do as a podcaster to make sure that I keep my audience's attention and to make sure that I'm giving my audience the value that they're looking for. Well, I have to say this, the top three places that people are listening to podcasts is YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. So people do go to YouTube for podcasts and they're 
talking about even making it even more integrated because right now it's like a video on how to do something and then a podcast, which is different, yeah. right? I get what you're saying there. A quick update here. YouTube podcasts have now been released. And so the algorithm is now accounting for that. But for the most part, we don't know what the algorithm is looking at for YouTube podcasts or even, even how to get your podcast as part of the podcast section on YouTube. Um, as far as length, it really is no one size fits all. I, you know, the, the rule of thumb that is commonly said, and I don't know who the original person who said this is, but it should be as long as it needs to be, not a second longer. And the caveat I would say with that is that that there is a lot of um, perfectionism and imposter syndrome that runs rampant in a podcast because people are like, who am I to say anything? Who would listen to me, right? So yeah. at any point, uh, I just think there needs to just be an awareness of the listener at all times when you're making content in, for a podcast because it's easily easy, especially if you're just doing an audio-only podcast. If you're just talking, next thing you know, you've been talking about your childhood. Your audience doesn't know who you are and you've been going on for 15 minutes. You're like, oh yeah, and our guest today, is the likelihood of someone going to sit through that high? No, not at all. So I think it's just being mindful of like, if they were, if someone was sitting there, if your listener was sitting in the studio with you, or your office, wherever you're recording, you know, would they have any context to what you're talking about? Would they care? You know, and just being aware of that is huge. And just being like, well, I don't care. If they get, Well, then it's like, well, then don't care if anyone shows up, right? You want to be mindful of the yeah. listener because at the end of the day, if you weren't making it for someone to listen to, you just wouldn't make it a podcast. You just record it and then it'd sit on your computer or something. Um, so just always being mindful of the listener, I think, is key. And what are you creating for them? And what do they know? What do they want to hear? And oftentimes that will dictate the length. Although also, too, like if you say, for example, you made a podcast that was for CEOs, right? Uh, I know, or I just was working with a client that makes a podcast for um, high-level C-suite uh, uh, in corporate America type type people, those people are probably not going to tune into a two hour plus podcast just due to their schedule. Right. So it makes more sense for them to have an even tighter podcast so that they can listen to it so that they can benefit from the episode. So if okay. you know, your listener doesn't maybe have the time to dedicate to all of this, give, give them like pack it in and make it extra valuable because again, you want to like make it most valuable for the listener and kind of go from there and think about their lifestyle, things like that, you know. Dylan made some excellent points. And the thought that I had here was I'm maybe making these too long. Maybe I need to shorten these down to one hour segments, half hour segments, maybe so that it meets the needs of someone commuting or different things like that a little bit better. Even though typically I like more or longer for my podcast, I wasn't quite sure how my listeners would perceive that and what I should really do there. Okay. It sounds like maybe I need to do part one and part two. Would that be a good strategy? Yeah. Or should I just... Well, it, okay, then then let's also look at your schedule too, right? Like, what do you realistically yeah. have a schedule to do? Two is a lot. People go, well, two doesn't feel like a lot. Two is a lot. Uh, so I'll say that. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to get in comparison again, you know, where, oh, we see guys like Gary Vee do a daily podcast. I think he does like seven days yeah. a week. Um, so another thing to think about too as well is, uh, or an example, do you know who Naval is? He's an author... I don't. Um, if, if you look him up, you'll see a bunch of inspirational stuff. I'm sure you've seen him uh, quoted or something like that online. He has a podcast and he does a lot of speaking. Uh, interest, great book. Uh, great speaker. Great person. Very mind-opening. And I, I saw an article the other day about how his team will take an hour-long podcast and edit it down to two minutes. I left this open on my phone tab for weeks because and it was the only tab I left open, you know, normally I have a bunch of tabs open 
I'd always like close out the tabs. That was the one I'd leave open. Like, how do you take an hour podcast and go down to two minutes? Um, but he has podcasts that are only two minutes sometimes. And it's a fascinating yeah. idea to think from an hour to two minutes. Not saying that yeah. is advised whatsoever, but it's interesting um, to do that. And, you know, there's no, you know, again, one size fits all. If it makes sense for you, if that would make it easier for your listener to understand what you're saying, all that stuff. But people, you know, will leave and return back to podcasts. If I think I would be more um, weary of if you had a podcast that just wasn't helpful to your audience. Like that's at, that's the point where I'm like, well, that's more concerning than if you should split it up into three episodes. All at the same time, if yeah. you're like, oh, I'm struggling for time to get this all done, then I'd also be like, well, it's you chop it up into different parts of the episodes because um, there's no reason why you can't do that. Uh, especially if it's something longer, no one's going to be like, why didn't you put this all in one episode, Zach? <laughs> one of the things that I find interesting with podcasts is the typical podcast listener is very devout. They will listen to an entire podcast episode, but the problem is they only subscribe to about six to eight podcasts at any given time, because in order to be able to listen to you know entire episodes and really be devoted to that show, you can't have too many of them. Whereas on YouTube, you'll watch tons of different creators, tons of different channels, but on podcasts, it's different. And so how do we make sure to captivate our audience and bring in those listeners and be one of those six to eight shows that people are actually listening to the entire way through? That's the great thing about using repurposing your content for clips as well, because it gives someone a taste, right, of what is in the episode. So, you know, not, I mean, is someone going to listen to every single episode the full length? I don't think that's like a, a great burden to put on the audience themselves. So it's like making it available, but not overthinking if, would someone listen to the full thing? It's like, just do it. Also, if it makes it easier on yourself, you know, you're adding a ton of value in the podcast. And then when you start looking at the say an hour, hour and a half episode, what do we cut out? You could be cutting out the thing that people want. Then it starts getting like kind of overthinking it. Um, you can always repurpose okay. sections of a podcast later on too. So say you did an hour podcast and then in like three months, say you're going through like a more of a, your uh, different season of life or something like that. You're busier. You're not able to make as much content. You could take say a section of that podcast or thing you did months ago and then re-release that as its own little individual episode. That's totally fine, too. Uh -huh. A great example, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk uh, does this all the time. You know, he's repurposing. He'll have a four- or ten-minute episode and then an hour-and-a-half episode. Uh, sound quality on his, you know, all over the place. But um, the message is yeah. there, and the value is being, like, felt and transmitted. I, I like his podcast as an example of, of what's possible to use it as a vehicle. But at the same time, he's you know, proof that it's all about the value at the end of the day. If someone feels like they're getting value and there is value in there. And you said something about like how you love finishing podcast episodes. Uh, I don't have the statistic handy, but the statistic is very high of podcast listeners who start an episode will also finish an episode. Um, so that, there's something okay. to be said about that too. Uh, it's also easier to hop back in a podcast episode than it is a YouTube video. When we go to YouTube, YouTube's like yeah. click, click, click with podcasts on Spotify if, if a lot of people listen on Spotify, when you go on Spotify and you go into your podcast, it will like basically prompt you to hop back in an episode rather than just constantly find something new to listen to. Okay. So that is yeah. just a cue to that. It's easier to hop back in an episode. I'll start and stop podcasts all the time episodes, but, um, you know, it's like, oh, sometimes I want to dive back into that. Oh, sometimes I'll drift something. It's almost like a book of sorts. I think that's one thing that is really different with podcasts versus other content. Like you need to understand in the frame of mind that someone's coming to the content with. And so for podcasts, it is, I'm going to be here. Like for me, I'll listen to it. whatever length it is, as long as it's still 
answering my question or giving value, yeah. like I'll, I'll listen to it. But I heard a statistic and I, I don't know the exact number, but it's like the average podcast listener only subscribes to like six to yeah. eight shows, yeah. something like that. Yeah. How do we become one of those six to eight? Yeah. Us? So I look at YouTube too. It's funny. Like I, I, I've been going through my YouTube and I'm like, I don't remember subscribing to this channel. I'm like, who was that? Was I just tired? Like on a Friday night, I hit subscribe and then I go back through. I'm like, wait, what? Why have I also, why have I been looking at their videos when I never click them? Um, so you, you, not YouTube podcasts, podcasters have a problem. Podcast listeners also have a problem. So podcasters have the issue of being discovered and getting listeners, right? One of the hardest part of po uh, podcasting is growing for podcast listeners. One of the hardest part is finding new podcasts because it seems like there's a ton of podcasts out there, but people will say like, I don't feel like there's any podcasts for me in a way. It's what they're saying. And okay. podcasters have a, that problem of getting discovered, right? So that's where I like to lean into where our listeners currently. And it's not that podcast listeners will only fit six to eight, um, you know, shows into their, their thing. If you go on Twitter at any given moment, there is a lot of people saying, please drop your podcast recommendations. People are constantly looking for podcasts, not because they, you know, they just don't know. They don't, they have a hard time. It's like the discovery tools of podcasts because like on Spotify, it doesn't prompt you to just explore all these new podcasts all the time. Like YouTube might, uh, people just have a hard time of discovering it. That's why I love going on social media and finding people there because it is a hundred percent possible and a great idea to just share a highlight of your episode in 15 to 45 seconds and then say, go here to listen to the full thing. It works because people can see the value of it. And podcasts are a tough sell to be like, Hey, you should listen to this podcast. People are like, I don't know. That seems like a tough, like that's a hard thing for me to hop into. However, if I just sent you a clip from a podcast and I was like, you, Zach, you got to listen to the full episode. This is exactly what you've been talking about. It'd be so much more likely for you to go and then listen to the full thing and then say you're listening to the episode. And I go, and next week we're going to talk about this thing, you know? So oh, okay, it's really okay. easy to get someone to commit to 30 seconds and then say mm -hmm. 30 minutes. But to get someone to just go to 30 minutes is a lot. It's a lot because you think about like yeah. the first five minutes of a podcast naturally like it doesn't need to be and in this it doesn't need to be mr beast on a podcast that's yeah. uh it gives me anxiety thinking about it um <laughs> yeah. but uh it, it, but yeah so podcast can be a little bit more mellow in a sense but um getting someone to go from a little piece to the big piece is great um so that's okay. just something i suggest is social media is just a valuable tool everybody's already there that's what they use to look for recommendations and you might as well just give them a recommendation before they ask yeah. Okay. No, I like that a lot. I think that's, I need to do better about, and it makes total sense because I do the same thing with YouTube, but using like TikTok or Instagram reels or some of these other short form and moving them over to the podcast. Um, in your experience, I have my kind of frame of mm -hmm. reference on this. I'm curious what your thought is for the full episode. You said the top three places are YouTube and then Spotify and Apple. I think I'd mix those two up, but for the video podcast, should we have the full podcast on like video wise on both YouTube and Spotify video, or should we drive all to one place where it's like, Hey, just whatever your favorite one is. I have the audio there instead of, I don't know. I think the odd man out is YouTube, but it sounds like it's one of the places that people listen the most. So maybe having that full episode, not just chunks of it or pieces of it 
separated is the better option. Yeah. I don't know what are your thoughts there? Spotify is tricky right now. From And this might have changed like when I looked just a couple days ago. As far as I know, the okay. only way to get your podcast video on there is by using Anchor or if you have some closer connection there. From what I've seen, I, I need to, I guess I need to update myself on that, even though I just looked a couple days ago. I feel like it's always changing there. So um, the kind of two strategies is upload your full podcast to YouTube. I think that's uh, a sim- the simplest way. But at the same time, okay. also if your goals are like, uh, you have other YouTube goals, you know, you're maybe uploading other YouTube content that might conflict with that. If, if, if that hurts that YouTube goal of also the other videos, then I don't necessarily think that might be the best strategy. So uh, making sure it doesn't conflict with anything that you're also doing on YouTube. Um, if it does, then short clips are probably better. And then trying to drive people to a different platform, um, whether that's, you know, Apple podcasts or Spotify, something like that. Um, that's also why it's handy to have a podcast web page on your website or use some use like a tool like pod page uh, to be able to have all the links available. Like I'll make an episode page for each podcast episode and it will say, click here to listen on Spotify, click here to listen on Amazon music, click here to, or app, Amazon podcast, click here to listen on Apple podcasts uh, to make it easy for wherever people listen. Cause some people have their preferred app. Um, and that is kind of one of the things or I would say one of the challenges is because there's all these different ways for someone to listen at the end of the day, yeah. you want to get them on their preferred app. I don't want to con- try to convert someone to a new app. I just want to meet them where they're at. So uh, getting them on at least on the web page can then get them to their preferred app because they'll just list it all out. Click your listen on Spotify and so on. Okay. I like that. Okay. That's giving me some ideas and some of it has like, for me, I think the full podcast works really great on my YouTube channel because it's very related. Mm-hmm. And like anytime I interview someone, I'm like, oh, that's so good. Like it needs to be on there. Even though some of my videos are shorter, I'm, I'm trying to get a little longer because I'm realizing if you're teaching something, and it's valuable. People will listen longer mm-hmm. than if it's just, hey, entertain me or this really quick tutorial. I just need to figure out how to do it. Please don't talk a bunch. Just tell me how to do it. Yeah. Uh, but mine are more like strategy and educational. So um, another question I have is on monetizing podcasts. I've seen, I mean, YouTube, number one platform in all my experience. Well, Amazon Live has actually been pretty good. But mm-hmm. YouTube, long run, you can build a business off of just monetizing YouTube. Very, very lucrative that way. But it, it's also pretty easy to say, hey, here's my metrics. Mm-hmm. Here's my example of my quality. Like I, I have this audience. And so can I work with you brand? Can you send me something to review? Things like that. I've been really, really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to do that for a podcast. I can't review camera equipment. I can't <laughs> like show anything. Like it's, I mean, I guess since I'm doing the video podcast, I technically could, but like, how are we partnering with brands, working with brands, monetizing a podcast effectively? Yeah. So there's um, different strategies, right? Um, so if you were doing more like affiliate sponsors, ads, things like that, there's different services, of course, that will link you up with, um, with those, those types of opportunities, but also, um, you know, the funny thing about podcasts is like how old school it seems in a lot of ways. Like you don't see a lot of metrics. There's no watch time, you know, there's like, um, and there's estimates too. There's websites out there that will give you estimates and people will use those estimates like, that they like, <laughs> they're like, I'm the, the top podcast in the world, you know? And then it's like, yeah. how accurate are these? Um, <laughs> so 
the most typical, you know, metrics people, someone might ask, a company might ask if they, if you were looking to work with them, it's just simply like how many downloads are you getting per month? Like downloads is the main metric. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, getting someone to take action, right? Because someone's listening, maybe they're cleaning, they're not, you know, actually uh, watching the video or something like that. Uh, even if they were listening on YouTube, they might still be like cleaning. Like I, I do the dishes. When I do the dishes, I have YouTube playing. Um, yeah. so, you know, I'm, my hands are wet. I'm not likely to go click something if someone was like, Oh, I'm going to tell you about this thing. Um, but the episode description is where you could put some links, whether it's things you talked about in that episode, same thing like on YouTube in a lot of ways. Uh, and people will go there, you know, people will take that step again, kind of handy why it's, why it's extra handy to have uh, a podcast uh, website, whether it's part of your existing website or something yeah. like pod page or something like that, where you, you can go and you can list out the links because just like YouTube, people will, if you're talking about something and people genuinely want to know, like if you talk about the super interesting tool, I want to know, like I'm going to go to the episode description and be like, what is that thing? How, what did he say? I, I don't remember how to spell it out because it has this weird name. Ulanzi. What? Uh, so I'll go and, you yeah. know, click through. Um, so uh, that is a great thing to do as well. It's just provide those links and make it extra simple. But the, and the metrics companies are looking at, again, is downloads. Um, but monetizing, similar to YouTube in that there's a lot of ways. Like you could do affiliate links, sponsors and ads, which seems to be the most common. People are like, I want to do sponsors and ads. Most of the time, it doesn't, It not most of the time, a lot of times it doesn't make sense, especially in the very beginning, to try and get sponsors and ads right away. Uh, affiliate opportunities okay. are great. Doing something like Patreon is great as well. Um, even if you have a small listener base, if you have it, you know, you just have to know your audience to know what to offer them. And, and that's, you know, how you're going to find to be uh, monetizing successful. Um, you talked about hooking people in for the next episode. So in, when you do that, mm -hmm. do you, in the actual episode you're recording, say, Hey, next week we're talking about this. Or one of the things that I learned from your podcast yesterday when I was listening was, um, like I have a free gift. And so I insert an ad just in it offering that free gift i can change it like you said it's dynamic yep. and we can swap this out but should we use a dynamic ad in there saying hey next week we're talking about this that way it really is the next week not <laughs> like oh like episode four is next week uh, if that makes sense is that, um like is use a dynamic ad there? to create curiosity for the next one is that what you're saying yeah um yeah, yeah. actually i had never thought about that but that's a that's a totally possible idea um, I, there's, so there's ways you could do this, right? And I know what I'm saying could also apply to like other platforms, but that's the beauty of it all is like, it makes our lives simpler in some ways. So, yeah. uh, I just did like a three part, uh, profitable podcasting series, right? If you listen to one, you're going to want to listen to two and three. If you listen to three, you're going to want to listen to one and two, you're going to want to listen to all three. Um, so there's, there's the short term hook of like getting someone to just listen to a little series. And then there's like the longer term hook of if you, like you can't solve everything in one episode or if you try to do that i'm telling you you're gonna like lose people because it's just too much for us to hold like i don't need to know yeah. everything there is to know about podcasting if i was listening to an episode on podcast like i just need to know like one give me one deep dive right people want to like a real juicy deep dive they don't need to know like because mm -hmm. you can't you can't go deep i can't go deep on episode like everything there is so naturally you just got to focus on that one thing that you can let people walk away with um but as much as possible, and it doesn't need to be something that takes a ton of energy to create, but if you have a calendar of, you know, what's coming up next, 
the simplest thing to do is just make that explicit with your audience of saying, hey, I'm really excited. Next week, I'm speaking with Zach. He's going to teach us how to make better video content. You know, something as simple as that, if you know that okay. a conversation like that is coming up at the end of the episode or at the beginning of the episode, um, but just some space where it's just simply telling them. Because uh, if you can do that, it's just simply letting someone know, like, what's to come next. Just like you would with a friend, like, if you were with a friend, you'd be like, naturally, you'd be like, so what are you, like, what are you up to? What do you come, like, what's next? What are you up to? If you're having dinner or yeah. something, naturally, you'd be like, oh, well, I'm traveling here. Or I'm doing this. So letting your audience know that, too, it's just, it's just a nice, uh, it's a nice thing to do, I guess, a nice gesture. But if you know, and a lot of times people are like, I'm so far behind. I don't know. If you don't know, that's okay. But if you do know, just let them know. You don't need to keep them in the dark about it. No, I like that. And I think... Honestly, now that I think about it, using the dynamic ad might be confusing. Then it's like, oh, he said next week. So I'm on episode four, so episode that's five. And it's like, wait a second. What's going on? Yeah, here? That's a good point. So I, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Dynamic ads is, uh, okay. uh, makes life easier. Uh, and if you're listening and you're not familiar with that, what that is, essentially you could record something um, not part of the podcast episode and then insert it as part of the podcast episode that you can then change later without affecting the original episode. So you could promote something, and then once that promotion ends, you could change that promotion out without worrying about, oh, i got to re-upload the episode file. i got to go in and edit all these things. It makes it really simple. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. I, um, I do have a question on that as well. Like I, I, When I was in there, and the only reason I knew about this was because of you know listening to your podcast. So we're going to talk at the end where to connect with you, but you guys, you have to go listen to Dylan's podcast. It's awesome. Um, but there was pre, mid, and post, and I mean similar on YouTube. But how many of each do you put in there? Where do you like, what's a good balance? Here? Yeah. So, well, the less you ask, the more people are going to focus on when you do ask, right? So if you add in 10 asks like, Hey, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this. People are less likely yeah. to take any action whatsoever. Right. And this is something you kind of have to test and play with because it's different for each podcast and their audience. Uh, but you'll find like, especially bigger podcasts. You might probably, I'm, everyone's familiar with that's listening to podcasts. There's like, there's a ton of ads in like the first five minutes or something where they're like shouting out all these companies and then they have a special code or something like that. Um, for a bigger po yeah. podcast, you know, they have those sponsorship deals going on. Someone probably negotiating all that with them. Um, so they, they will insert those. But if you're just starting out and you don't even have those, um, just know that like you can still offer things like you could ask your audience for reviews to rate and review. That's an ask, you know, and if you only made the ask during that episode to rate and review your podcast, the likelihood that they're going to do it is much higher. So, you know, if that was one thing, um, Alex Hermosi, the uh, author of a hundred million dollar offers, like if you listen to his stuff, one of his taglines is I have nothing to sell you or something like that. And mm -hmm. during his yeah. podcast, He'll just be like, you know, because I have nothing to sell you, if you could give me a rating and review, I, that would mean the world to me. So yeah. that's, you know, uh, one strategy. Although if you are selling something, right, how do you insert that? Um, podcast listeners are okay with ads, you know, as long as it's not detracting from their listening experience. If someone's listening and you're about to get in the meat of things, just like any, I mean, totally understandable. Um, I have YouTube read, so I don't, I don't have the ads on the videos. Whenever yeah. I watch it, if it's not on YouTube Red, and then I'm like trying to watch a tutorial and it's like right about to show me. And then it's like, did you know? I'm like, no, please. I just try. I can't skip this ad, you know, uh, and luckily yeah. you can skip ads on podcasts, but it's it is a little bit nerve wracking when you have to sit through that ad. But podcast listeners are you know aware that there will be ads. 
So it's okay to insert ads. And they're easily skippable. Okay. They can hit through 30 seconds, a minute. Uh, but yeah, you have your pre, your mid, and your post. Um, and so beginning, middle, and end are the ideal spots to place them. I've seen a correlation between, if you add in, and I've seen podcasts do this, so I'm not just making this example up, where they'll add in even more. It seems like every, like for a 25-minute podcast, wow. every five minutes they got ads. And it affects the ratings and reviews. It's harder for me to listen to it because it almost all feels like an infomercial. So if yeah. I was to, if, if you were a business-related podcast, for example, this might seem high, but I would say around 80-20. Like 80% of your podcast should just be value and 20% would be some promotional type thing. But I try to make those clear too. Like during the, the value part, don't make it feel like an ad or anything like that because unless it's just natural, naturally, sometimes you're like, well, also yeah. check the episode description because you can learn more about this, but that's, that's not an ad, right? That's just a nice gesture. Like you don't need to hide that information, but if it's an ad, just make it an ad. If it's value, just make it value because people will skip through ads, which is fine. Like they weren't going to take their action was going to be skipping through. So just making those clear. I think if you try to fake somebody out and, Oh, now you're looking at an ad. It's like, wait, what? Where am I? So making those, cause, yeah. uh, because say people are only listening to, it's like if you were in a room, but you didn't know where you were going. And if there's no kind of clear indication, you know, that's why they say, and now a word from our sponsors, because they don't want you to <laughs> mix it up of where you're at yeah. in your listening experience. Um, not so that you don't listen to the ad or tune out or anything like that, just so you know what you're listening to and it is uh, known to the audience. Yeah. I mean, for now, right now, really, I'm just, I created a free gift that is, you know, it's actually uses Riverside, but it teaches you essentially how to make 10 pieces of content in 60 to 90 minutes total recording everything, put like all the things. And Where did we so get that? I, I interrupt and I say, Hey, <laughs> it, it, we'll talk about it. I'll send oh, it to okay. you. Um, it's actually, we'll do it. We'll do an ad in here, okay. but it is, um, um, Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, but I wanted to interrupt to give you a gift. If time is one of the biggest obstacles that you have in creating more content, created a mini course to show you how to create 10 videos from 60 to 90 minutes of total effort during the week. The knowledge I share in this course is very valuable, but this one is on me. I want to help you to create more content and to make a bigger impact. If you go to gift.wearevideomakers.com, you can download your free gift. Now back to the show. Gift.wearevideomakers.com. It's like 30 minute free course. And when I was editing it, it's like, man, I should charge for this. Yeah, like, that's how you know it was so good, but yeah. like. Yeah, that's my favorite thing I, to do is so people I, go, you need to charge for this. And I'm like, but what if I gave it no. for free? You know? And then of course, yes, at the back of my mind, I'm exactly. like, but what if I did charge for this? <laughs> and then it's like, uh -huh, yeah. And yes. then I'm like, uh, just watching, you know, money that could have, been, but I'm like, you know what? Regardless, it's helping people. That's all that matters. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's, I, I love you bring up Alex Sermos because he taught, I mean, he's not the only one that says this, but like, he's like information on the internet. Anybody can learn anything for free. Yeah if they spend enough time and enough effort. And that's true. So it's like, if I can give you something that is value in addition to that, maybe it's a lot of info, but it's some implementation and you come away and I had multiple people, whether it was the course or trainings I gave for free, they were like, this is better than the course I spent a thousand dollars on. This is better than like, like, why are you not charging for this? I'm like, I'm, I'm just giving value because if I want the reaction of it, if this is your free stuff, yeah. what is your paid stuff look yeah. like? The problem is I'd, revamping my paid stuff. So you can't really actually buy anything besides hiring me, which is very expensive. That's a really big it's, jump. I, I'm the same exact like, way. I'm the same exact way. And yeah. it's funny too. Uh, well, not funny, but I also see people that they make their free stuff so good, but then I see comments that people, and I'm not going to name names, but they pay for the paid stuff. And then they go, all the good stuff was in the free stuff. 
the paid stuff is actually outdated. And that is another thing I think oh, to be mindful man. of. But um, also yeah. attract people then fall into, which, you know, I see this every day, but people will then try to cram too much stuff into the paid stuff and they're overextending themselves giving too much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, and that's a problem too, is like people are afraid to monetize because they're like, well, who would pay for this? I'm giving this information for free or something like that. Um, sometimes it's just the way you yeah. package things. Like I, and I'm saying this as, as a consumer here, not as like a producer, I will pay for things if I just don't simply have to look around for them. So if it's all in one place, yeah. yes. Okay. Sure. Like there's a, a membership I pay for that technically I could find all this information on YouTube, even inside the course. Some of the same videos that are inside the course are on YouTube, but to go to YouTube, I know I'm get, like ADHD as well. I'm going to get distracted. Like I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. I'll forget why I opened up YouTube. I'm less likely to achieve the goal that I'm setting out and to have it all in one place. Plus the additional perks that it offers. Yeah. I'm paying for that. And I'm not going to go to the cancel button uh, just because it's making my life easier. And I know I'll be more effective at the goal I'm trying to reach, but it doesn't cram, you know, cramming too much in as well is kind of a iffy thing. So knowing like what the audience needs, but I'm with you. I like, I, I love making people's lives easier. And I'm like, does this, will this actually yeah. save someone time? And is it valuable? And would I use it? I'm like, yes. Okay, cool. Is it free or is yeah. it paid? Kind of figuring that out. Yeah. Well, it is because it's, I, I love and going back to what Alex said, anybody can learn anything. But the problem is it's only those with experience and expertise that can implement it effectively yeah. and efficiently and save you. Like, sorry, you can, I can give you all the information just like anybody else. But if you don't know how to implement it and you don't know how to save time and avoid all of the mistakes that I spent hours and hundreds of dollars and all these things to learn, like it's not really worth you paying for it. So like implement, implement. I, my, I go on like Facebook periodically and I, in a bunch of podcasting Facebook groups, I, my like heart rate goes up, especially this week of when I go on there and I see people with good intentions, ask a simple question and then they get a hundred comments all with like these differing opinions with people that don't have enough information to make an informed suggestion, right? Like I study this stuff all day. I work with people across different all around the world, all around this stuff. And I look at people's questions and I'm like, I don't have enough information to give you the specific type of thing that you need because you gave me one sentence. I can't outline a million dollar strategy from one sentence. I can make some suggestions. uh, But as far as like actually helping you and I'll see the comments and I'm like, wait, no, like you're, what you're telling this person is going to cost them more time and money. And they're simply looking for this simple fix. And it, it, it hurts me. <laughs> uh, Cause I go on there and I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Because I just see these people and the people that are even recommending stuff, you know, I'm sure have good intentions. It's just that there's just yeah. so much noise out there. So also cutting through the noise. And when you find someone that you can trust and will actually help you get the result, that is huge. And it's like, you don't really want to let go of that person because like if I go to you and I, and I just follow like one strategy that you give me and it works, I don't like the worst thing I can do at that point is then be like, all right, that worked, but let me go find a different one. The best thing for me to do is, okay, that one strategy worked. I'm going to continue with that one thing because it worked. I don't need to find Mm -hmm. anything else new. And then like, do you have another strategy that I could implement to help me reach its other goal? Yes. Okay. Did that work? Like, how did I know it worked? All that kind of stuff. Um, but to constantly be looking for new things, it's like, once you find something that works, like that's really the goal. It's not to constantly reinvent new strategies, like, or to, to try and follow new strategies. Cause 
you'll just be doing circles. Or I've noticed for podcasts that I'll follow, they maybe they'll have a lot of different guests on their cover. I, somehow, I'm sure the ideas are connected, but I feel like it's so disjointed. That I'm like, I want to listen to that yeah. episode. I want like skip, 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 skip. Yeah. Do we need to focus in and so that it is all pretty related or is having a little more variety better? I, I kind of like to reverse engineer it. So if it's like a business type podcast, um, you kind of, and, and it, say you have a business, right? Or whether you're a consultant, solopreneur, entrepreneur, whatever it is you're doing, and say it was on NFTs, for example, like you probably want to keep it there. If you go, if you have a, like a podcast that's around like NFTs, and then you start talking about soccer for a whole episode, you're going to lose people, right? So keeping it focused, I think is, is mindful of your audience, whether you talk about soccer for a minute. Okay. Like, but to make a whole episode out of it is like, um, you're going to lose people, right? Um, again, so just acting like your audience is kind of in the room with you. Like what would they, would you see their eyes like kind of roll and check out if they said something or if you said something and they're like, yeah, huh? Why, why are you still talking about this? Um, so being mindful yeah. of that, but you know, you look at like, uh, again, I guess using him as another example, it just seems to be top of mind at the moment, but Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he'll talk about NFTs, but then he'll talk about all these other things, but they're kind of related, right? They're entrepreneur, yeah. entrepreneurship. Um, so if you have a wide topic that you're covering makes sense. Uh, but I know what you mean. And, uh, as far as like, I've seen a lot of podcasts out there where they're almost too wide and I feel the same way where I don't really dive into them because I feel a lack of like trust that I'm going to get the result that I'd want to get, or I'm going to scratch that itch that I would want. Um, when I listen to the podcast, if that makes sense, like a podcast, uh, that I think does a great job at this is, have you heard of 99% invisible? No, I haven't. So they look at things that you would never expect, right? So they'll have a whole episode okay. on curbs, just curbs, like something you've overlooked, right? Okay. Or they'll have an episode, yeah. a whole episode based on, um, could be coffee mugs. Like where did coffee mugs come from? Why are coffee mugs, like how did they originate? Now, like that is such a, it's almost like the expectation is like, I, I almost don't want, if it's something too known, if they're just like airplanes, I'm like, yeah. Well, I kind of know the Wright brothers and I know a little bit of history, so I'm good. Yeah. When you, I, I'll listen to an episode on curbs because I don't know anything about curbs. Like why are curbs really there? Yeah. You know? And yeah. so if you kind of have that expectation built into it as well, you can have that freedom to go around. But uh, if you also have the expectation around this is entrepreneurship, this is business, then kind of sticking to those things, just like if a business podcast started talking about curbs, that would be weird. But, but a podcast that yeah. talks about the most random things can talk about, you know, pretty much anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of like, if I'm going to be part of six to eight, like I need to be very specific, but if I repeat too much, I don't want to, again, push people away. So it sounds like kind of a balance of, you know, answering your questions, sticking on topic, maybe veering a little bit if it makes sense, but yeah, you know, not, not telling the same thing over well, and over. People too. Like, so, uh, I, 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 this is a, this is, uh, sorry if I'm sounding too repetitive at this, which we're talking about repetition, Gary Vaynerchuk. I only click the episodes when he's talking about content. When he's talking about NFTs, I tune out. When he's talking about pretty much anything else, I Mm -hmm. tune out. And I don't not listen to his podcast because he talks about other things. I tune in when the episode title matches something that is relevant to me. So it's something to be said too of people will always listen for different reasons. And I had an Instagram expert on my podcast that a uh, man by the name of Christos, uh, great guy. He said something, you know, to me that's stuck with me. He's like, you don't know why people follow you on Instagram, right? You think you know why, but like you'll get people that will follow you 
simply because they like the design of your post. They like your hair. They like a shirt you were wearing one time. They like your backdrop. They like your headphones. So there's like these little cues that people will follow. They like the sound quality of the microphone, whatever it is. Um, and that same thing happens with podcasts too. You know, you can, the more you learn about your audience, the more you might discover it's actually a little bit different than what you thought. So making too bold of assumptions in the beginning too could only hurt um, as well and be something that uh, stunts your growth as a podcaster because you were like, no, everyone's listening because of this reason rather than yeah. giving a little bit of room there for other things to kind of pop up. Oh, that, that helps me plan out some content. Um, I did want to ask you about, I, I, I didn't catch the name. You said, is it Creator Clips? Uh, content the Clips. That you yeah. have? Content Clips. Content Clips. How, how'd you get into that? Tell us a little bit about what you do because I've... I very much might need <laughs> service like yes. this. So I'm curious. So I've been doing it for years. And then just like podcasting, I'm a late bloomer, Zach. Um, <laughs> I think I discover things like I'm like, oh, this was right in front of me for a while. I just like did not see it. Yeah. So I had to download one night. I was like, oh, it's going to be called Content Clips. It's, the tagline is going to be called an effortless way to leverage your message. And essentially, um, I work with companies, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, like People that have marketing teams, but the marketing teams yeah. are even <laughs> still busy or stuff like that. Uh, but what what yeah. generally happens is people will record a podcast or have past recorded anything. Could be I work with people who live stream on Twitch, people who just have workshops that they taught or online courses that are really like packed full of coaching calls and things like that. So they'll simply share their uh, content with me and then I make it in a really like simple one, two, three way. The goal is to just not have this back and forth of, is this approved? Is that approved? Like, that's not the goal because that just adds more work. So what's the most effective way we can make clips without causing more work on the person that's already made the content in the first place? Because just like repurposing anything, it's almost like if you handed me a piece of your, say, an hour-long content, and I go, okay, here's three clips. I need you to approve these. Well, now you're in the business of approving and all these things. Not that you can't make changes or anything mm -hmm. like that, but it's also like when you have a level of trust that something is effective, then it takes less work off your plate. So I've refined um, over years with clients, but then realized I could package it in this way that makes sense where the, um, like what's most effective and what are people doing online to achieve a specific result? And that is creating clips that are around 15 to 60 seconds in length uh, because that way it fits on all of the, you know, YouTube shorts, basically, uh, because you can go longer yeah. on Instagram and TikTok, but keep it at 60 yeah. seconds or less because we want it to be on YouTube shorts too. Uh, all vertical video, it has a headline, so it hooks people in rather than just starting from random talk, like people might not sit through that. So the headline will hook people in and then the subtitles mm -hmm. in brand colors, it looks professional. It stands out that's, it's not just like the captions app or the native TikTok captions or Instagram reels captions like it looks nicer and it's on brand yeah. and then at the end there's one call to action whatever it is you want someone to do so whether it's listen to the full episode at the link in bio visit the website to sign up whatever it is you want someone to do we add that in at the end and uh, yeah so that's like the process or the result but the the whole idea is that you made something once already and then we give you back these finished content clips for you to just post we don't do the posting uh, just because then again, that starts getting into like way more and it also drives the cost up. Like I'm trying to uh, keep the cost so it's manageable for a solopreneur or a business. And people are like, why don't you charge yeah. the business more? I'm like, the process doesn't change. So I'm not going to charge a business more. Yeah. 
so it stays across the same across the board. No, I like that a lot. I feel like I've worked with, so at businesses, like I've, I've worked with people that are, are doing the full service. Like you send the stuff, we will post, we do everything yeah. start to finish posting all this stuff. And then on the other hand, I've had my YouTube editor. I'm like, Hey, you know, I had, here's an, you just edited an hour video, cut out some clips, send them to me. And you know, over here, it's just really expensive. Like it's, it's almost not manageable yeah. because it's a lot of money. And on the other end, it's like, you don't have the storytelling ability. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you're able to cut out what's not supposed yeah. to be there. But like my YouTube editor, even though they specialize in YouTube, mm -hmm. when I got the clips back, I'm like, why, different. why did we clip it's this different. out? Like the, the story's not it's there. It's not there. It's, you're, you're not selling clips. Yeah. You're selling stories. Exactly. You're selling like effective. And that's why you know? a part of the reason why I made it, because I see so many people do it wrong. It kind of drives me crazy. Like when I go on Facebook, I see so many people. I'm like, you know what? I'll just do it. I'll just make it for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, that's why I created it. But also um, because too, it's then it's like, cause it's like, you have to be a copywriter to write the headline, something that's engaging. You have mm -hmm. to be a designer to design the clips and the brand colors, make it look pretty every single time. And then you have to be a, a little bit of a storyteller to know, like, does this clip have enough context that if someone does no idea, and I don't like having a lot of information about a certain podcast, like I, there's some key pieces I gather at the beginning, but I don't listen to a whole podcast linear, linearly uh, when I'm making a clips because that doesn't help it. Because the more context I have, the harder it is to find clips. So I'll go like 30 minutes into an episode and try and find a clip rather than just start from the very beginning. Because then I have all this yeah. context where if someone was just stumbling across the clip, they would have no context either. So I want to always look at it like a neutral observer of someone who would be in your target yeah. audience. But you say something in a way that attracts them and we change up the beats. So it's for shorter attention spans. Um, so it's effective in that way, but yeah, there's a lot of jobs yeah. and duties in there. It's like the headline, the subtitles, the design. And then if you bring in posting, it's like, when's the best time to post? Like I can share some of the best yeah. strategies that I've heard, but at the end of the day, I'm like, it won't make, uh, it will only basically everything I add in will increase the cost. And I'm not trying to make this, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a month. So I'm like, Let's just keep this simple and let you have a library to then go, I, I want to post something today. You don't need to go, I need to go make something. I already made something. You just go to Dropbox or Google Drive, whatever you use, and then download it and share it on your social media. Um, if you were to give me, I don't know, one, two, three pieces of advice, like really focusing on my podcast. Yeah. Like I want this to grow. I want to be able to have sponsors. I want it to be just as valuable as any other of my platforms. What are a few things that I should really focus on to, to be able to do that? Yeah. So first things, let go of uh, downloads in the beginning. Just completely, like, if I could hide that on your dashboard and so you didn't see it and you're like, and you're like, Dylan, I need to know how many downloads this episode get. And I'm like, I'm not telling you, Zach. You need to publish at least 21 episodes before I'll tell you. You know, that would be in a perfect world what I would do. If I actually I was building a podcast hosting service, I would probably hide that option in the beginning and people would probably not join because they'd be like, I want to know. But um, <laughs> in a perfect world, you wouldn't know that information because it doesn't matter. And the reason why most podcasts stop uh, is because they get discouraged. They don't see, they see the downloads and they're like, this wasn't what I thought it would be. When I post on YouTube or I post on Instagram or TikTok, I see way bigger numbers. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you've got a longer form of piece of content and people go back. Like podcasts live on longer, old episodes, yeah. people dive through that stuff. Um, so, I would hit a number goal or stick to a number goal and then hit it. But something like, you know, 
statistics show most podcasts don't get past certain uh, number of episodes so it's like 3 7 11 21 so try to go beyond that um so i would hit in like arbitrary number like 30 like your goal is 30 episodes publish 30 episodes and stay consistent and be intentional about what you're doing um and then consistently like bake in a plan of your content schedule of when you're going to talk about your podcast when you're going to mention it doesn't need to be some grand thing but building it into your schedule of like i need to mention it here because it's not just going to grow on its own um most likely or probably not that well is so if you know episode titles are great all that stuff but if you're already spending time and energy on social media you know mention it there and think of ways that you can incorporate it in there but so hit so the two things would be hit that number goal of number of episodes published before you even think about downloads and then Okay. Build into your content schedule of when you're going to uh, mention your podcast. It could be at the end of the clips. Um, you know, that's a great strategy of at the end of a clip, just say, if you like this, and we talked about Alex Hermosi, that's what he'll do sometimes. He'll drive people to YouTube or the podcast, things like that. Right at the end, just say, hey, if you like this, click the link in profile to listen to the full episode where I go even deeper on this. Something like that goes a long ways. Um, but be intentional about that and don't just wing it of, oh, yeah, I think I did it on, like, one clip. Do it, like, every other clip or, like, a few times a week. Like, know when you're doing it. I've learned so much. I I, I think I can ask questions all day. <laughs> I can talk is, about it all day. I've worked with a lot of clients, so I've seen things. I'm like, um, we'll have to have you back. Yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Um, okay, so let Dylan, let people know where where can they find you. Like, what is what is something that you have going on maybe that, that would benefit someone trying to grow a podcast right now? Yeah. You know, let us know. So the most immediate thing, uh, my podcast, Digital Podcaster, uh, I just did a three-part series on profitable podcasting. So if you're looking for like foundations, beginning kind of steps, that's a great place to start. Even if you're listening in the future, profitable podcasting, um, three-part series right there. I'm at Digital Podcaster on all the social media platforms. And then uh, podcastingacademy.com is where I teach people how to podcast. Contentclips.com is where I do the content clips for you. I'm going to put all of the links, show notes description wherever this is wherever you're listening <laughs> watching it's going to be there awesome. thanks again for coming on Thank dylan and um we are we're gonna have to have you yeah. have you back part two. <laughs> i hope you enjoyed the episode with dylan i learned a ton about podcasting about growing and monetizing a podcast so i'm definitely gonna be implementing a lot of these things and re-listening to this episode more than once if you're at the beginning of your journey or still on the fence about starting a youtube podcast make sure to tune in next week where we talk about the pros and cons of having a video podcast and how it might just be that thing that changes your business forever. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure a month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.